I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. Look, all right. He might have organised the freeze out of MJ, the 85 All-Star game. And yeah, all right, he was a bit of a, you know, she walked off the court in the 91 Eastern Finals. But Isaiah Thomas met the criteria for that dream team and he didn't make it. What What is that about? We meet the criteria to bring you this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and we are here to talk to you about all things NBA. Joining me, thanks to the power of technology, it's Zoom incredible. It's Theo, how are you? I'm great. And Vincent's got me wondering, what is the perfect ratio from cheese to cake in a cheesecake? Will we ever know? Will we ever know? That's a very good question. And the man himself still chipping away at that uh, chocolate cheesecake, which he initially didn't like, but it's suddenly grown on him. It's Vincent. How are you, mate? I give the people what they want, brother. I give the people what they want, like I'm always saying. But yeah, people, I'm back. I'm eating some cheesecake. You know how it is. Healthy living, you know how it is. Talk us through the flavor profile of the cheesecake, Vincent. It's like, um, it's like a toffee, vanilla, a bit of chocolate sprinkles. It's not for me, but my mum always taught me, don't waste food. So, Is that keto, Jan? Yeah, it is. Huh? Is that keto? <laughs> Nope, it's not keto, but I'm having a I'm having a, 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 a howler today, Jared. I'm still I'm still a bit depressed about what's happened last night. So oh, you know, I do. I'm comfort eating. I'm comfort eating. We will unpack that as as we move on. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, please, just a bit of housekeeping at the start. Please check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Met the Criteria. Um, and yeah, get involved. Follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us in. Tell your friends and get involved with the debates. So it's been another exciting week of playoff basketball in the bubble, and we've had to say goodbye to some teams. Perhaps the biggest maybe surprise that we weren't expecting before the playoffs is uh, losing the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, losing in five games to Miami. So we're just going to do a bit of a post-season post-mortem on the Milwaukee Bucks. Vincent, what do you think? I think... The Milwaukee Bucks run by one system only, give the ball to Giannis. And it's finally catched up where it's point where a team's dominated them. They've, they've, they've realised that you can't do that. You can't just run off one player. You can't have a franchise. Yes, you can have a franchise player and the player can be revolved around him, but you have to have a plan B. And they were exposed. They were exposed. They were, sh- they were, they were shown that this team is not what we think they are. It shows you it's not all about regular season. You can dominate the regular season. This team dominated the regular season. But if you can't do it postseason, it shows. It exposes it. And I think overall, this is two years in a row now. This is fundamentally not good for their franchise. It's not good for their organization. And maybe the coach has to be looked at because yeah. overall, the coach, the general managers, they need to look at about how this is getting run right now because it's not good enough for two years in a row to dominate the regular season and then crumble in the playoffs. At least last year, they got to the finals. Mm. This year, didn't even get to the... Was it past round one? No, round two, sorry. Mm. And it's just not good enough. It's not good enough whatsoever. They were outplayed and I don't even care. I think they would have still lost if Giannis was playing. You can't just say Giannis was there. Even if Giannis was there, I still think they would have lost. He played in two games and they lost. So... I just personally think 
the Bucks need to look at themselves. The organization needs to look at themselves. And maybe Buheiser, if I'm saying that right, <laughs> he might, I'm not, you know how it is. <laughs> Names are terrible for me, but he needs to look at himself and maybe go, this is not for me. I don't think he's a bad coach, but it's not good enough for what they should be doing. And I think maybe if I was Yanis, I'd be looking at myself and going, you know what? Maybe this franchise is not going to be my my destination where I need to win for if I want to win a championship. I think probably the most telling thing about uh, what you were just saying, Vinny, about how they've only got a, a plan A um, is evident in that game where the game they won without Yanis, the fact that it was clear that the, the Miami had only had a game plan to handle Yanis and, and deal with the rest of the team as and when they had to, when they didn't have that option offensively, it sort of affected Miami because their whole game plan was up the chute. And I think that's really evident of just how much the books rely on. Obviously, obviously he's like a generational talent. So it's understandable that they'd want to rely as heavily as they do on him. But at the same time, there's only so much sort of catch and shoot you can get out of like Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. I mean, Chris Middleton had a great playoff series. I think he did had a good account of himself generally speaking, particularly when he had the, the brunt of the load. But practically speaking, he's not he's not gonna to. win you any games, is he? He's not gonna win you he's not gonna win you a series as we've seen. I do feel a bit sorry for the Bucks having to do it without Yanis, but I agree, Vincent, I think even with him, even with a fully fit Yanis, we've seen the Heat have done it a number of times already so far. They they're capable of dealing. They'll probably I've said it a couple of times, they're probably the best equipped team in the league to deal with that Bucks side. And they've shown that and they've dealt with them quite handily. It just does raise a lot of questions for for big alphabet um, when it comes to off-season <laughs> in a couple of years' time. Yeah, I think the, there can be no excuses. There was talk, wasn't there? I think Yanis was the one who said that the Bucks had such a strong home court advantage that this neutral bubble environment sort of impacted on them more than it would on other teams. But throw that out the window because Miami were one of the best home teams in the league. So, you know they're missing their advantage in a way as well. And as for the Yanis injury, as you said, you know, he, he played in three of the games and obviously went down sort of halfway through the, the fourth one. Um, so I don't think there's really many excuses. Um, what do we think? Do we think Yanis is going to stay? I would think it hinges quite a lot on what happens next season. How mm. committed are they into to getting him the pieces that they need? I think realistically, they maybe are probably only a piece away. Um, if they can sort of adapt the game plan enough to be maybe not quite so reliant on on Giannis. If they get him a good deputy, um, perhaps somebody who can lead the second unit maybe a little bit a little bit more efficiently. They've been linked, I think, with Chris Paul mm. um, quite heavily. They'd love a bit of CP3 action. And I think that would probably be maybe what it would take to get them where they need to be. If if I think if the franchise show that they're willing to commit and build what Giannis needs to, to get it done, maybe he will. If, even even if, they, if they commit and he doesn't win, Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll he'll run it back and and he'll stay for another three years or something. But if they if they don't show that level of commitment to to build and get the pieces they need, I can't see any reason why he would he'd even consider staying really there. Yeah, I think Chris Chris Paul's a good name for them. Obviously, he'd help them a lot next season, and in a way, his trade value is probably higher than than it was this time last year, wasn't it? Um, he'd be a good good acquisition for them, but long term. Obviously, there's all the talk at the minute is, is he going to sign this Supermax that he's eligible for, which would lock him in for, I think it's five years, isn't it? And a heck of a lot of money. 
long term, Chris Paul's not going to be at such an elite level over five years. So to me, I don't think if I was in Giannis's position, there's no way I'd be re-signing because I wouldn't want to commit to to that sort of team as it as it is constructed at the moment. What do you think, Vinny? I think he will sign. Uh, uh, like I personally think he needs to move on, but I feel like he will sign because Giannis comes across like he's a loyal individual. I think. He comes across like he loves the franchise and he wouldn't want to leave. A, he, he loves the organization, his teammates. And like I saw him after the pregame, after like giving everyone a, a, a staying there in the court, just everything about him. He comes across like he's a loyal person and they're going to be offering him a lot of money because a Supermax is a lot of money. I think there's only like four, five players in the entire league that have a Supermax contract. So it's a lot of money and he knows stability wise family those all come into play and I think he's going to want to stay my downfall my thing what they're going to need to do to sell it to him even more is they need to give him more experienced players like when you look at them because I think the whole team himself they're a good team they're a very very good team like even the bench is quite strong I just feel like they need people who have won chips before who know what the, how to get to that that leadership role, you know what I mean? Someone who can take charge. Yanis sometimes, because Yanis is relatively young. I don't think you can say he's the leader of that franchise, even though he is, but he needs to kind of have that person who knows what to do, like a Chris Paul. I know what you come across when you say, Chris Paul, how many more years has he got to do that? Mm. But Chris Paul, he's proven at OKC. He's one of those who can take the lead and go, I know how to make us win this game. I know I've got enough playoff um, knowledge to know how we're going to succeed. I don't think the box have got that. I don't mm. think they've got someone who's actually willing to hold, pick them up and go, guys, like, get on with this. I need you, I need you doing this. I need Because I don't think Yanis does that. Yanis just does his thing. Yanis is just dominating. He's a killer. Like, he does his own thing. But is he one of those who can look and go, I need you doing this. I need you moving there. Not, someone needs that. And I think they don't have that there. I think they need to find someone who can actually go. They need, I'm not saying like that they, this is going to happen, but they need someone like Kyle Lowry who can be like, you know what? I'll take charge. I'll, I'll, t- I'll call those clutch performances. I'll step up in those type of situations. I'm not saying that's, they need Kyle Lowry exactly, but someone like Kyle Lowry, do you know what I mean? Who's yeah. a dog in that, in that, that court, who's, who's willing to have a clutch performance, who's willing to step up when the big man's not stepping up because look at the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam, we're gonna get, we'll touch on that in a minute. But Pascal Siakam, he's the he's supposed to be the best player, but in the entire series, who was the best player? Kyle Lowry. So we need someone who's they need someone who's willing to step up where Yanis is not at playing or Yanis is not there. They need someone who's going to take charge and be that second person. I don't think Chris Middleton is that. He's proven it now that in the next couple, the past couple of years, he's not been that. He's a good player, but he's not that. Lead, the next leader who can take charge so they just need to give Yanis that if he's and that will sell it more for him to sign if they go okay we want you to say we're going to give you this and also we're going to give you this guy who's wanted to come and join us like a CP3 but I don't think CP3 is going to join but if he would that would be a very good signing for them Part of the problem that Milwaukee have got is the old old classic small market team mm. um, appeal. I mean, next season is going to be pivotal for them. They need to show Giannis that they're willing to, 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 to really commit to him, commit to building. But can you honestly say anybody's going to want to, want to go to, and sign in Milwaukee yeah. for, for a season to, to oh, no. just play with I'm sorry, Giannis? I'm sorry, but I come on, you would though, because... Think about that. This they've got the best player, the best, do, the most dominant player in the league. They've got a good 
roster. They've got a good team. You can't deny that the, the, the Bucks have got a good team. They, you've said it yourself, Jared. They've got they're, they're missing one person. They just need someone who's a veteran who knows championship caliber. And I think that would you would want to go. You would be thinking, why would I not want to play with probably the second best player in the league? Obviously, in my opinion, is LeBron, but second best player in the league. Why would I not want to play with him? I, I get that, but I think long term, anyone who signs there has got to have in the back of their mind, I'm only guaranteed one year of Yanis. Mm-hmm. So either they're going to end up signing a load of one-year deals, which obviously is not... I mean, the free agent market is not incredibly deep this year. No. But, so let's, they'll, they'll sign a, a bunch of one-year deals. They'll, they'll make a couple of trades. Who they Realistically, who could they potentially trade for? They're going to find themselves in a situation where at the end of this year... They could end up with sort of nothing. They'll trade away to get the pieces for to, to, to back up Yanis. If Yanis then doesn't stay, where do they go from here? Because I think they've, they've lost the main draw to go to Milwaukee, which is this absolute freak of nature. Come and play and have a chance of winning a ring. If they don't have that pull, it's tough to see who's going to want to go and play there for me. I think a lot, obviously, this next season is going to be sort of a lot of pressure on the front office. They're almost. Uh, on audition, aren't they, to to convince Giannis that they're going to put the pieces around him to to make a championship team? And you look back at what they did last season, obviously choosing Eric Bledsoe, paying him over Malcolm Brogdon, who gave a good account of himself in that series for the Pacers. Um, yes, he's been a bit injury prone in his short career so far, but he's he's the type of player that would fit perfectly around Giannis, whereas Bledsoe goes missing every single playoff. So it remains to be seen what the Bucks front office choose to do in the winter free agency. Very strange, very strange calendar. But yeah. So we you touched briefly there on Kyle Kyle Lowry. Let's just talk very, very quickly about the Raptors. A great series, seven game series. Um ultimately the Celtics had too much for the Raptors. Quick round the horn, yes or no, will the Raptors blow it up and trade their big contracts and go into a rebuild around Siakam and Anobi, or are they going to run it back one more year? What do you think, Theo? I, I see them giving it another year. I think it's a, they're in a difficult position because they've, they've, they've played incredibly well. They've One of the best defences in the league, one of the best records in the regular season. They've got an, a coach of the year. Got some some great young talent in there in the form of Siakam and Ananobi. So they've got what they need. Whether or not they get maybe one or two veterans in, I think it was, it was question marks over whether um, Ibaka will be back and, and Gasol. What they what they do with those situations. So they've got a little bit of flexibility there. They don't necessarily think they need to blow it up just yet. But at the same time, I do think the Eastern Conference is going to get a lot more difficult next season. Without naming names, I don't want to don't want to go into any teams, but I do think there'll be a lot more contention um, <laughs> at, the, at the top of the Eastern playoffs next season. So, oh, wow. he's, talking, he's, talk, he's, talking, he's talking about my Chicago Bulls, you know, one hundred percent. Zach Levine is going to lead them to uh, playoff glory. Of course, he is. No, but it I can't is, believe you held this tongue there, Jared. I'm so <laughs> proud of him. I'm actually proud of him. I'm actually really proud of you, Theo. You actually held that. Let me move on. Let me move on quickly before I, I get drawn in and I just end up saying it. Um, I think they're in a difficult position because, as I say, it's going to get more difficult for them. They've, but they've, they've got they've got keep great pieces in there. Siakam's obviously has potential to be a great player. Ananobi's really shining. Nick Nurse, as we said, what a great coach. They've, 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 they've done great so far this season. They're obviously missing something. They're missing that X factor. Can they get it without blowing it up? It's tough to say. But is it... 
Are they going to swing for the fences? Do, again, oh, do they give it another year? It's a drift. Oh, I don't know. I said I think they, they need to stick it out. Now I'm thinking maybe they need to blow it up. I dread to be that. Who would be a general manager? Who exactly. would be a general manager? What a nightmare they must have. <laughs> Vincent, what do you think? Are the Raptors giving it one more year just quick? Yeah, I personally think they should give him another year. Uh, that, I don't think the Raptors did bad. Like, they're not, they've not done bad in the playoffs. They've not like done awful like this has been a joke to watch. They 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 played they they played a good series in, against the uh, the Nets. They dominated the Nets. Then they they came back and that's called the Celtics. They dragged them seven game series. They, it's not like they were bad. I mean, they, the Raptors weren't bad. It's just that a better team won. It doesn't mean that they were like outplayed, dominated. No, it was just better that team won that game. So overall, I don't think it's like a time it's not worrying times for the Raptors it's not like oh we need to panic we're not in panic mode because you've just won a championship last year like it's not like you're going years upon years without winning a championship so don't blow things up at the moment you've got prospects coming through maybe yeah just get some of the, the, the few veterans coming in a couple of decent shooters and that's it just work around that but I won't say blow things up right now so yeah I, I won't I won't chase things up at the moment with this, the Raptors personally I I think they should blow it up because Fred VanVleet is hitting free agency this year and the Raptors have got to make a decision on him. Are they, are they going to pay him or is he going to go somewhere else? I don't know if he's restricted or unrestricted. Um, but if they pay VanVleet, that's a heck of an investment in him. And obviously they've got, I think, a Sol and a Backer are both free agents this year as well. So I, to me, I think they should blow it up. I think they had a, obviously a great year with Kawhi last year. This year they've done pretty well as well, like you say, Vinny, but... Why though? I, I, I think it's time. I just think they're they're an aging squad and they've got the young pieces to build around. So I think you you know maybe time for what one one year maybe two years get a decent draft pick and then you've got Siakam and Anunoby a, a very good one two punch. I think part of the problem they've got as well is that um, you you look at how they did this year. They did well. They, they they got seven games out of the the Celtics. I feel like the Celtics had a little bit more to give. Um, I, they were. I mean, if you look at individual performances in there, there were some real underperformers for the Celtics, but they still got it over the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to imagine the Celtics were fully fit and firing, yeah. really on all cylinders, wouldn't have had quite as much problem that they would have done. If you look at the rest of that Eastern Conference, the team they didn't play, can you really see the Raptors getting past them? It's difficult to say. Throw a, throw a good Brooklyn Nets team in there. Are they going to be able to get past those? It's tough to say. You had to get it in, yeah. I couldn't resist. I said it before, and honestly, it was burning inside of me. So I've had to just find another opportunity to, to, to get it out. You look at the, the other teams in the East, and the Raptors, as they are at the moment, it's it's difficult to see them being able to contend, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily contend with, but defeat those other, other top teams. So I think for them to have any real possibility of... of because the, the the part of the issue that they've got is they, they risk falling into irrelevancy. Vinny said they won a they won a, a ring last season. They want to be staying towards the top end of that table and and doing well in the playoffs, getting deep into the playoffs. Otherwise, they could have just been one and done. And before you know it, then they're, they're languishing, sort of losing home court advantage in the playoffs, and and who knows what. Because it's again, it's a it's not the it's not the biggest market in the league, is it? So it's. It's almost like a now or never. Either stay stay current, stay relevant now, or run the risk of sort of slipping, letting it slip. So it's it, I said it. It's a tough this tough position for them to be in, and I don't envy uh, I don't envy them trying to work out what to do there. To be fair, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think any of us want to be the Canadian Dinosaurs general manager, do we? No. <laughs> So, another team now that we need to conduct a post-season post-mortem on Vinny. We deliberately put this as our last team that have exited the playoffs that we're going to talk about. Uh, I think we'll come to you. I think we'll come to you first. That seems appropriate. Um, just uh, for the listeners, uh, I, any loyalty that Vincent tries to uh, pass off here towards his Rockets, I've just got some information I'd like to share once he's given his takes about how loyal of a Rockets fan Vincent really is. I'll give that once he's given his, his, his opinion on where the Rockets go from here after losing to the Lakers in five games. Over to you. Anywho. Okay, first of all, um, I don't even know where to start with this team right now. All I want to say was a painful, painful series to watch. Um, I got ahead of myself too much last Sunday. <laughs> I just, I, I, I genuinely thought, like, I'm getting emotional even thinking about how bad we were, man. We were just so bad. But you get so hyped because the way we played the games one, I thought to myself, yes, okay, this is what I want to be seeing. This, continue this. But then game two happens. Game three happens. Game four happens, and it's just poor, poor, and poor. Kept getting worse and worse, gradual, gradual worseness. Every single game just getting worse and worse. It got to a point where I was just watching the team, and I couldn't even recognize my team because it's not the team that we've been watching all season long. It's not. It's not the team we've been watching postseason. It's not. Like, I don't know why the coach decided to change things up because he clearly changed things up. He must have told them to stop shooting threes because these guys weren't shooting threes anymore. They just wasn't. It was, it was so obvious that they were not doing it anymore. And it's like, why are you not shooting threes? The thing that's got us here, the thing that everyone knows that we do, this micro ball, everyone knows that we do this. We're not doing it. We're allowing the Lakers to shoot more threes than us. Like, why? Why are we doing this? And it was just like constant mistake after mistake. People, sloppy plays. And I have to say, and it pains me, it pains me to say this with a passion. And feel you can just shut your face, yeah? Honestly, but, I'm feeling your pain right now. Vinny. But Carry it on. Carry on. pains me just to say this, though. Westbrook has been awful this series. Awful, man. Like, I don't even know... Like, I'm deadly serious. I've got it in my head that this guy is Russell Westbrook's twin because he is not Russell Westbrook pre-bubble. This guy is completely different. It's so... It's little things he keeps messing up, not even turning up. Like, I've always defended Russell Westbrook. Like, shout out UK, NBA UK. I was on their live a couple of days yesterday and I was kind of like sat there thinking to myself, like, how can I defend Russell Westbrook? And I can't. He's not been good enough. He's just gone missing. And the thing is, in the past, you could say he's not had any people with him. This time around, he has. He's had James Harden with him. And he's just not there. And I don't know what it's been. And they really need to look at themselves. We, us as an organization need to look at ourselves. And I know Tillman Fertility we would not like this. He would not be liking this whatsoever. Either the GM is going to get fired or Dayton. I think both of them potentially could lose their job. Who, who do you want to see? Do you want D'Antoni to stay or do you want him to go? No, I need him gone. Wow. I, I, like... Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. That's not what I'm saying. He's not a bad coach. 
but the decision making from our players was not good enough and it all falls down to him he's the first to go like I'm not saying trade Westbrook that's a stupid we're not do, we can't just say trade Westbrook we can't just say trade Harden but it just shows you we need more pieces we can't just have them two only and we need like a decent defender I mean, okay I'm not saying Covington is a bad defender I'm not saying PJ Tucker is a bad defender but we need people to match up to these big men we need people to match up with these big men. I know they've been handling it as well, but they've been handling it because we're so good offensively. But we've been so bad offensively, we've been poor defensively as well. So I know we had the best record in the playoffs defensively, but the Lakers just shut that down. They didn't even care about that. And it was just like a joke to watch. I couldn't recognise the team overall. And I just think... The, the 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 coach has to go and the GM potentially could be getting a sacking himself. I just think things need to be turned around a little bit. A new, new I want to see some new players. Austin Rivers, time for you to go, mate. You're not offering much. You're scared of LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James almost had a fight with you, and you just ah, oh, no, I, I didn't mean to. No, I need I need I need Warriors. I'm like what? Yeah, I did. I did take that on purpose. What? Get him ejected because it could have had a little scrap and got LeBron ejected. That's what I want to see. You wouldn't, you wouldn't catch Jared Dudley doing that, would you? You wouldn't catch Jared Dudley backing oh, down like that. Theo, oh, you know what? Oh, let's let's oh. throw it to Theo. He's been he's been grinning at the camera for the last uh, couple of minutes whilst you've been going there, Finney. So, Theo, what do you see happening? Do you think D'Antoni's deserves to keep his job for another year? You painted me out as a real hardened hater or even a Rockets hater. It's not true. Slides and slander. Um, it's a difficult one, again, because you have to ask the question, Harden and Westbrook, probably one of the top two, top two top ten players in the league. Harden's probably top five, maybe top three. Um, Westbrook, arguably top ten. <laughs> again, it's also hard to overreact because this is the top-seeded Lakers that they've gone out to. Mm-hmm. But that, even that being said, they've, all, they've gone down without a fight, and I think that's the problem. It's the the way in which they've lost. Had they run a close in a seven-game series, as perhaps you would have expected, maybe it'd be a bit of a different story. But they've they've rolled over and and they've let the Lakers tickle the bellies. Like it's, it's, it's really <laughs> like a little cat, like a little cat, like a li- not even I'm a cat, like a like a like a puppy. Because at least the cat. If, if, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. It's. It's, they're in a difficult position. Dan, they're, they're locked into this small ball now. Whoever mm-hmm. they, they get in, they're going to have to carry on playing in this system. So, is there anyone better on the market, coaching-wise, or who they could tempt away to come to Houston, better than the man who's who's engineered this this in the in this current iteration this small ball? It's tough to say. So, is it worth getting rid of Dan Tony to get somebody else who? would have to relearn the system or improve the system or whatever or is it better stick better the devil you know something's got to give because it's clearly not working it's difficult to say blow it up but maybe who knows russell westbrook i i'm not his, i'm not his biggest fan that's that's clear to, to you guys and all of our followers i'm not his biggest fan but even even i know deep down that he can be a much better player than he showed in that playoff series there's obviously something not right whether he wasn't fit or, or what have you I don't know what more, more you can give to Russell Westbrook and expect him to succeed than that rocket lineup that's almost built around him, almost. More, perhaps even more so than Harden. It's tough to say, but 
I don't know what much more you can expect for him to to be able to to do it. So I don't, again, it's another case of not envy in the front office because they've got a hell of a job working out what to do um, to, to, to improve because it's clear that something's got something's to give. Yeah, I think you put it very well there about D'Antoni, you know, the creator of, of this small ball that's better. And how, who, who's coming in there and doing a better job than him? Probably no one. Uh, so I, I think he stays. I think he should stay. Um, and I think, you know, at least you've got to run it back one more year. Um, it's tough as well. You know, what's your face for, Vinny? Go on. I'm sorry. You think he should stay? Like, how many more years do you need to, to, for us to win something with this guy? Like, like I don't I know. What? How yeah, many think, more years, Jared? He's been here for years. Who's, who's coming in and doing a better job? I'm not saying come in. Okay, I'm not. I don't know about that. But I'm just trying to say is you keep you think we're locked into this micro ball or we we can't go back to normal or whatever other form of playing. We can though. It's simple. Just get the right trades. We can do that easily. We can even trade. But there's, there's, it's, it's a tough. It's a tough situation they're in yeah, in terms of that's trade. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. You could look at maybe even getting rid of the GM. The GM might have to be responsible for that. But. We have to, he has to go. He has to go. He, he's had it long enough now. He can't take us any further. He can't. That's, for him, to, for him to take us to the finals and we lose at the finals, for him to get beat like from the, he, he's, got, he's got Westbrook now, he's had Chris Paul and he's not been able to take us anywhere. He, he has to go. Okay, fine. That's, that's your opinion. I saw something good on Twitter from Ramona Shelburne at ESPN who said, for all the criticism that the Rockets are going to get, they're the only team that tried to challenge the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference. Literally every other team was like, oh, these guys are a little bit good. Should we just sort of bide our time and hope that they, you know, split up in a couple of years? So I think you've got to give D'Antoni and Darren Murray and the Rockets a lot of credit. They went up against a dynastic team, one of the best teams ever in the Warriors, pushed them very close in a couple of series, ultimately wasn't enough. And then now coming up against, were they ever going to beat the Lakers? Who picked them to beat the Lakers? I don't think anybody was picking them to beat the Lakers. So I personally think he deserves another chance. He's the best best person to manage this small ball. And you're talking about trades and stuff like that. I was thinking, obviously... The issue with the small ball in this series was Anthony Davis. He's too tall, got all the rebounds, just absolutely dominated. So they need a player, you know, who can s- stretch the floor, but also has a bit of decent size. A name for you, I'd be interested to see what you think, Theo. John Collins in Atlanta, if there was any way of getting him to play the sort of five position, maybe Covington or Tucker drops to the bench. Does does that help the Rockets in any way next season? I'm not sure if that would work, but... It's a good shout. Um, it's difficult because I don't, I don't necessarily think you can target one big man and expect a real, a real turnaround because it is, it's the system, isn't it? It's the way the whole, the whole system is but developed. He's a, he's a different kind of big man to Clint Capella. Clint Capella is standing the paint, you know, yeah. screen and roll. John Collins is the type of player that tries to space the floor a little bit. So yeah. I think he fits the system better. Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair to be honest. And for for me, the the biggest thing that let the the Rockets down is the lack of the mid-range game I think the, the Westbrook is probably the only player on that team who who will take a mid-range shot yeah. um, just because his shot selection is so bad he doesn't know how to listen to the to the coach and, and not shoot it but it's clear that that's what it's, it's clear that's a direction that they've, they've, they've the team has received under no circumstances are they, are they to shoot the mid-range they're a very analytical organisation that's evident it's, it's threes and layups and dunks that, that's it and free throws so 
if they can get a five that will space the floor, obviously it helps out. Um, it, it improves their ability to rebound defensively and also gives them that, that extra option and maybe a different dynamic if you need it inside that could work. And it would also open up the mid range for them as well, which I think is a, a key that they will have to embrace within a playoff series because we've seen it. Well, we saw it in the in the last series against OKC how the mid range just completely changed the game for, for for Chris Paul. It allowed him to completely call all the shots because it wasn't they just weren't able to to adequately defend him. And I think that's something they need to embrace more in the playoffs. And John Collins is a good shout because I think he would probably it give them the space. I mean, they, they could they could do it now, but it would add that extra additional space in that would open that up a little bit more. So that's that could be a good could be a good shout. But no, but that's not what I'm trying to say, though, guys. What happened was the bad thing about this series was we were not doing what we were supposed to be doing. The thing, the micro, but we weren't doing that. Now, getting a big man is not what I mean that like we need. We just need to be doing our job and just shooting the threes, the thing that's been doing us. Because the whole point is, we're trying to say is we're allowing you to do these kind of things because we know we can shoot from the three and get those offensive points. That's why we're so offensively good. Because we got, we can outscore you. That's what the whole point of this micro ball is. We can outscore you. So even if AD, you are dropping dimes constantly or getting all the, those buckets, we can offensively be better. That's why. That's why I've always looked at it that way. That's what the point of this micro ball. My issue is we weren't doing that. Like we were going too much to layups and, and, and little dunks, whatever, but we were not doing the threes. We were not shooting from the perimeter. We were not doing that. That was the big problem. It's about outscoring the other team. That's the whole this micro ball thing is. We outscore you because we can shoot more threes. We've got a record. I think we've got the record of the most three-point shots in a playoff series game before. That is a reason because that's our game is shooting from three because we're saying we'll outscore you. You may get us, you may we, you may get us with the buckets and all that, whatever, but we will outscore you. That's the whole point of this micro ball. So getting another big man, that's not what I'm saying we need. No, we don't need a big man. We need another shooter. We need someone else who can shoot the ball well. It doesn't even have to be a top 15 player. I think we touched it last week. It doesn't have to be a top 15 player. You know, we touched on it, Fred Van Vliet. I'll take him. If he's a good shooter, I'll take him. I'll take if I'm, I'm honestly uh, after his shot at the end of game seven. Oh, okay, one bad shot, it writes him off. Everyone remembers that, yes. But I'm just trying to say is the guy can shoot, and I'm just trying to say is this thing, this system work. I, I don't want it to go back in any other way. I want the system to continue because it seems to be working. This has got us this far. The only reason we failed, like Theo touched on, is we were not doing like we were just the way we got beat. We were not doing what we were doing last entire season. We were not shooting from the three. Like we stopped doing that after game two. We were not shooting from the Vinny, three. Vinny, you sound you sound very passionate for somebody who gave up and decided not not to watch the end of game four and didn't even know when game five was tipping off. You sound like a really loyal fan, but I mean, listeners, don't don't be fooled. Vincent is is uh He's a bit shaky with his uh, support of the Rockets. When it's not going his way, he spits his dummy out and he turns that NBA league pass off, don't you, mate? Listen, okay, first of all, in my defence, right? <laughs> wow, I've just looked at the score. I'm so sorry. Theo just showed me the score. Mm-hmm. The score for right now, okay? We're going to game seven, baby. It's looking good right now. For It's looking good. But anyway, back to what I was saying is, in my, in my, in my defence, Jared, okay, I am tired, okay? This team stresses me out more than anything. I am tired. I am not staying up until four o'clock in the morning watching 
a team that's not my team because that is not my team. That is not the Russell Westbrook that I love. That those are imposters. Those are imposters. Whoever's on that call is not my team. <laughs> And that's why I am passionately not staying up until four o'clock in the morning and watching us get humiliated because that's what it's been. The past four games have just been a humiliation from the Lakers. They've not gone easy on us. And I, but just to touch on it, the Lakers, mate, we, we gotta give them the props. Like we were just we, AD and LeBron James, man, are just oh, they are just something else, man. Them two, I am so I I. I am in awe of LeBron James sometimes. Uh, you, Jared, have a completely different view. You thought Rondo won that game. No. LeBron James had already won that game for them. He had already won that game. His blocks, his defensive duties, his shooting. Mate, the guy is phenomenal. He had done, LeBron had done his job. He had done so well. Like, we've already, sometimes it doesn't have to be like the scoreboard that's won you the game. It can even be mentality-wise if you're playing like a madman. No, you know, don't hear me out, Jared. I'm not trying to say, that, obviously, the scoreboard. I'm just trying to say is if you're playing against someone who's absolutely dominating you, you can't... He, he, he had Russell Rusbrook in a in lock. Like, Russell Westbrook could do nothing against him. If you're someone's dominating you, like, it could be mentally a loss already. So that's why I feel like already they had lost the game. I even knew for half, half time we'd lost the game. So LeBron James and AD, you've got to give them hats off to them, man. They're just running the show. And that's why I've always said for, for, since day dot, these guys are going to win the championship because playoff LeBron is a different animal. He's a different animal. Any person who says that this guy is not the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, is is honestly the guy is phenomenal right now. What what has he got the most records in playoffs wins right now? Just LeBron James. Pretty, pretty, pretty sure he's also played the most playoff games as well, so that really helps his uh, well, I'm just trying to say LeBron James is one of the Anyway, we're not going there. We're not going there. That that conducts our uh, post-season, post-mortem for the teams who we've said bye-bye to from the Orlando bubble. Obviously, uh, Daniel House uh, wanted to get home a little bit early, so he broke the bubble protocol and got home. But now everyone else has all gone home uh, and we will see these teams again next season. So we are at the end of round two of the playoffs, pretty much. We thought we'd be jumping on here and we thought the Clippers would take care of business and would mean that we'd be able to preview both conference finals. But as as, as we mentioned, it's going to a game seven, the Clippers Nuggets series. The Denver just will not die. Uh, so we only have one conference final to preview and that is in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Uh, this is the first time since the playoffs were expanded to 16 teams that neither of the top two seeds in a conference have made the conference final. Obviously, we saw Milwaukee go down to the Heat and Toronto go down to the Celtics. So, useless bit of information there. Um, but we'll start with you, Vinny. Who, what do you see being the biggest thing that will sway this series? And give me a prediction for who's going to win and in how many games. I think the biggest thing that's going to win them this game is serious is if they can get Gordon Hayworth back as soon as possible, the Celtics. They get him back as soon as possible. That could be a different because they're saying he's fit enough and he potentially could be coming back very, very soon. Uh, I think the Celtics are one of those types of teams if they want to turn it up, they can turn it up. It's about if they're going to go missing. That's their biggest issue sometimes. They allowed Raptors too much they, they allowed the Raptors to play too much. And that's why, that's why the games got dragged on to seven-game series. But 
I think it will be very similar against the Heat because the Heat are going to have a point to prove. I think for the Heat, you saw obviously it's an obvious one who's going to be their best player, Jimmy Butler. It's about him turning up as well. If he's willing to step up and he's going to be willing to step up, he's going to have a point. I think it's going to be a, it's a seven-game series, definitely. And I can't call him. I, I have to sit in the fence because it's so difficult <laughs> because it's like the Heat, they're just doing bits at the moment. But the Celtics... I feel like this could potentially be their year to like win it all. Like I don't know why, but I feel like this potentially could be their year to win it all. I still want to say the Lakers are going to win because I just think they're too good. But the Celtics, to how they're playing at the moment, but then you've got the Heat, who are just proving everyone wrong. They're, they're stepping up to say, like, like I remember I saw this video of Jimmy Butler on the bench like going crazy. He's like, I told y'all. Mm. I told y'all. Like, talking, we've been talking to himself. Yeah, he's told, I told you we've got dogs in this team. I told you. This is just a clean version. But he was saying like some serious stuff. like, And he's proving to people like people don't realise. He's trying to say is we don't realise what kind of players we've got. We've got Donkey Robinson who's a great shooter. We've got Tyler Harrell who's a great player. Don't we've got Donkey Dunk. Donkey Dunk. Oh, please, no. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going with that. I'm not, I, I'm not doing that. But, but, Donkey Dunk finals MVP. No, no. But anyway, but they've got like Bam who's on fire and I think they're just going to want to have that kind of influence that they, they are, they're just going to dominate. So, it's going to be a great series. That's one of those series where you can't miss a game. Every game is going to be important. You've said seven games. Come on, pick a, pick a team, Vinny. We're not allowing you to sit on the fence. No fence sitting. The Celtics. The Celtics in seven. There you go. Because uh, I say that because that's my second team in the Celtics. And I, I've said they're my underdogs mm. in the while. So. Yeah, he, he does like a bit of the, the problem, as you call him, don't you, Jason Tatum. Jason <laughs> Tatum, the problem. If, you, if you're having the problem, I'm definitely having Dunky Dunk. I, I prefer Dunky Dunk to the problem. The problem. Uh, the problem. No, I'm not having at least mine's been At least mine's been approved by the king himself. He's not Wait. used it in a long time. Come on. Listen, the, the king approved it himself. Mine's uh, pending LeBron James verification. Just wait, watch this space. <laughs> okay, Theo. Vinny says seven games for the Celtics. Uh, give us your prediction for the series and what do you think is going to be the sort of determining factor in who comes out of this matchup? I think these are two... They're almost like polar opposites, these teams, in a sense. Like The Celtics have got the absolute star power. Vinny's mentioned it a number of times. You've got so many players who can score 20 points in a, a night They've, they've got absolute firepower. Whereas the Heat, they don't really have many stars, do they? They've got Jimmy Butler, who's an absolute hero among men. <laughs> and they've got Bam Adebayo, who's rising to like absolute surreal prominence. But beyond that, they've got Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, um, Kelly Olynyk, like good players. Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn, of course. Shout out to Nunny. Um, yeah, they've, got these, they've got these players who are performing superbly, really, really well. But I don't think many of them are stars. The difference is, though, that the Heat, between Jimmy and Bam especially, can lock up any any team in the league, any any key matchup in the league, they can dominate. And they showed that against um, against the Bucks. I mean, they had Yanis. They had him under control and they, they demonstrated it throughout the whole series that they were capable of just locking that, that team down. Yes, they were without the best player for spells, but still, they managed to get it over the line once, once they, they knew what they were up against and they, they game planned accordingly to the, the lineup that they were expecting. They did the business. So I don't think it's unreasonable to expect them to be able to do a job against 
the Celtics and, and Tatum and Brown and Walker. And I nearly said Walker then. I'm not, I'm going to give Kemba Walker some disrespect in a couple of minutes, but Ooh. for now. Oh, what? For, for now. Well, we'll, um, we'll see it. We'll see it in a minute. Um, yeah, so I, I think the Heat will be really capable. As for my actual prediction for the series, I really don't want to say. I, part of, I, I tipped, before the bubble started, I tipped the Heat as my dark horse to win it all. So mm. I want the Heat to win. Part of me wants the Heat to win anyway. Um, the other part of me would love to see a Celtics-Lakers final. I think mm. that would be historic. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm sort of torn. Like my heart wants... My heart... I don't even know which way around it is. Either way, I'm happy, really. I think I'm going to stick my neck out and say it will be the Heat in seven. But mm. really, I'd, I'd be happy with whoever wins. I've not got a real heart in this race because I think any way you slice it, it's going to be fantastic basketball. Look, looking ahead as well, I do think that in the finals, who working under the assumption that, that the Lakers get to the, to the finals in the West, um, who... Sorry, get through the finals in the West. Um, which of those two teams is going to have a better chance of locking up those Lakers teams? The Heat. It's going to be the Heat, isn't it? So, Absolutely. Again, that's part of the reason why I think that'll probably become a more enter- a more competitive series, maybe. Um, but again, it all remains to be seen. The Celtics, that Celtics clash would, be, would just be so much atmosphere in that mm. empty stadium, wouldn't there? Yeah, <laughs> imagine. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy whatever happens. I'm like you, Theo, with this Eastern Conference Finals. I've, I've not got a, a particular team that I want to win. Um, for me, the Heat are the favourites going into this series just because they have toppled the best team in the conference, the best regular season team in the league. So no one would have expected that before the playoffs, but the Heat have played so well that they go into this matchup as the favourites. Uh, the biggest sort of defining factor as to who will win for me is... I'll, I'm going to say Daniel Tice. I think he had a very good defensive game in Game 7 against the Raptors, but he's not known as a particularly good defender. Um, so I think how he performs defensively, you know, how he sort of navigates the heat switching, you know, trying to get him into the pick and roll and stuff like that, how he, how he deals with that is going to be quite important. Um, and Vinny made a very good point about Gordon Hayward. I think he's going to potentially make a big difference. My prediction, I'm not going to sit on the fence. Um, the Heat are the favourites. Um, I'm going to go Celtics in six, though. I think the Celtics have got the... I just think they've. I just think they've got it in them this year. I think they're going to get to the finals. So there's something about them this year that's different. Uh, yeah. I feel like they've got all the pieces. They've got literally all the pieces that they've been looking for. And I think Kemba Walker is going to is that is that piece that they've been missing. Obviously, it didn't work out with Kyrie. You know, it is the your, your favorite player. Didn't seem to didn't seem to work out with Kyrie. But they got Kemba Walker out there, man, who's running the show at the moment. Jason Tatum, Jalen, Jalen Rose, Jalen. You say Jalen Rose every single time you want to say Jalen Brown on this podcast. I don't know why. Get your head out of 2006. We are I don't know why I always say Jalen Rose. That's why I'm always saying Jalen. Okay, Jalen Brown, he's doing his thing. And I think Gordon Hay. And then, obviously, you've got players like Marcus Smart at the moment who's just doing bits at the moment defensively. So, and he's, he's a very, very good um shooter as well so it's one of those type of situations where they're looking at the Celtics are looking like they've got all the keys but please don't get me wrong guys I, I love the heat as well man I, I think 
I like I like them because they're the underdogs and they're proving everyone wrong what they're doing. They've got such a young team, and they're doing so well for such a young team led by Jimmy Butler. And I love Jimmy Butler, man. So I'm rooting for, and I won't be fussed if the Heat make it to the finals. I was about to give Jimmy uh, not Jimmy Butler I was going to give Jimmy Butler some love I do that all the time I was going to give some disrespect to Kemba Walker and perhaps disrespect to Kemba Walker is probably unkind um, disrespect to pockets of, of Celtics fans obviously didn't have a fantastic couple of games I think every game where the Celtics have lost in that last series against the Raptors Walker played really badly so I think it's potentially an area to target for um for the Celtics. I would just like to, to just raise a hypothetical. And this is strictly no answers required. It's just a, a thought experiment. just want you to all imagine a world where the, the, the game is on the line. You could, we could send this team home and advance to the finals um, in game six. Can you imagine Kyrie Irving only being able to score five points? Just saying. So there we go. That is our feelings and predictions for the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, obviously, we are expecting, or we will see, a Game 7 between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers on Tuesday. Um, so we won't be able to get our preview for that up on a podcast. However, keep your eyes and ears on our social media, Instagram and Twitter, because once we determine who is going to face the Lakers, we will get a little video preview up for that one. So we've got some new segments now to finish off our podcast. Uh, we're going to start with Theo and your All-NBA Team Series. What is your first All-NBA Team? Give it to us. Who are we talking about? This week, inspired by the, um, the Raptors series against the, uh, against the Celtics, we're looking at, and probably one of my least favourite players, we're looking at All-NBA Despicable Players. Just <laughs> players that just get under your skin or you just hate you just look at him you just think oh you rat he's just the worst of the worst not necessarily bad players just ones that you just can't stand so we open it up to, to you guys on twitter and we'll definitely recap some of your suggestions but i'm just going to hit you with my team and i'll just get a couple of your guys opinions as we go through position by position in a in a point guard we're operating a three guard lineup because that's very trendy now <laughs> um, and also I, there were names names that i just couldn't leave out so we had to go for three guards in at the one in the man who inspired the whole segment, Kyle Lowry. No. He's a player who, if he's on your team, if he plays for you, you probably love him. If he, he doesn't play for you, the man is a rat. I hate no, he's him. Not. He's just a little floppy little mm, diva of a man. Absolutely cannot stand him. Vincent clearly doesn't agree. He's just an absolute, honestly, he'd give prime Cristiano Ronaldo a run for his money when he was doing all that diving back in the day. Anyway, next up, Pat Bev, yes. what, a, what a deplorable young man he is, yes. not even a young man, what a, just a terrible guy, isn't he? Just, oh. he's the ultimate like mind game, just like, I'm mm, going to get in your head, I'm going to probably say things about your mum and your sister, like, just to get in your head, do anything to get under, under somebody's skin. Cannot abide Pat Beverly. And also, quite interesting, that he's been rubbish as well this in the playoffs like really not very good and I think that's like the ultimate karmic justice that he's been absolutely naff um, when he's just giving it Billy Big because he's got a good team now this is the man who I couldn't leave off now at number three not a forward we've got another guard in the mix Marcus Smart 
Shout Yeah. Again, he's just like, he's just not a nice guy, is he? He's just, again, baller, really good defender. But how much of that good defence is down to the fact that he's just a rat, just an horrible man who just gets under the skin of his, of his, of his opposition, opposite number. Just not a good, not a good guy. Not, for me, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mates with him. And I think that's a real barometer for this kind of list. Would I be mates with you? No. Would I go out of my way to avoid you? Probably. And as, um, friend of the pod rich barrett rightly pointed out top flopper as well so mm. that definitely goes against him in at the four marcus morris yeah mm-hmm. dirty dirty devil yeah he's we could probably do a, i could i could talk for five minutes just about marcus morris in the the series against the blooming mavericks is he is he captain of this team he's got to be captain of this yeah, team 100 100 we all know <laughs> he's just a he's just a bully in here and the worst thing about marcus morris is he'll turn around and say i'm not dirty I'm not doing it. Yeah, you're blooming now, mate. Yeah, you're now. We know you are as well. So that's for me, Marcus Morris, devil. Get him out. Get him out of here. Number five on our All-NBA. In at centre. Controversial? I don't think so. Draymond Green. Mm. I've missed Mr. Nutshot himself. <laughs> loves, loves that kick out, doesn't he? He's kicked plenty of nut sacks in his time. Generally, oh, Mr. Moving Screen. Like, get him everywhere. Just a dirty... Not something... Probably not a nice guy, but he's also got them dirty tactics in there with a cheeky moving screen. I'm going to kick you while I'm shooting. Again, don't know much about his personality. Would I go for a pint with him? Again, probably not, because he might go for a cheeky low blow. So you can never be too careful. (laughs) That rounds off my All-NBA list. As I said, we threw it out to you guys on Twitter. Um, a lot of the name, similar names coming back already. We've had a lot of a lot of Pat Bev. We've had a lot of Mark, well, a little bit of Marcus Smart, Draymond, the usual, J.R. Smith cropped up as well. Maybe that's a shout out maybe for six mile on a team. Got a very punchable face and you just turn up. He's maybe the kind of teammate that you would hate to have because you just turn up and you're like, oh, there's memes about him, isn't it? Like, oh, mm-hmm. LeBron, what's going on? Like, again, he has that's got a quite a punchable face. Um, so, yeah, that's my All-NBA. Vinny, chuck me some names. Throw me some names. Well, firstly, some of those people you've named are too good, man. Now, you've got to have those players in your team, but that's another topic. But if I had to pick one, you forgot one I, I can't stand Rajon Rondo. Like that Ooh. guy, man, I cannot stand Fair. that individual, Fair. man. He's one of those, he, he, he just, he's just one of those players I don't like, who spatter people. He's, he's one of those, just, he's, he's, a, he's not a good guy. I would not want to go for a drink with him. And then, 100% agree with you with Draymond Green, but another one as well, CP3. Yeah, Chris Paul. Like, I show. like Chris Paul Very like a little bit, but... Man, sometimes I look at him, I'm like, I do not like him. Like, especially the, uh, the last series against the Rockets. Obviously, me being a bit biased, but I'm just like, nah. I don't like his little fouls he does or little little digs. Another thing where he's like punching people in the, cro- in the groin and all that. I'm not a mm-hmm. fan of stuff like that, man. He's just, nah, CP3. But my two that I would definitely put in there, CP, Roger Ronda, and definitely the Morris brothers. Well, we appreciate that, Theo. It's a, it's a good start to this new segment, All-NBA teams. Uh, All-NBA despicable players there. No one would want to be a part of that team. Uh, just a final new segment we're going to introduce is the Everybody Settle Down segment. So this is Martin taking the lead on this one this week. What have I seen on Twitter, on social media, around the league? What are people overreacting to? And why do I think they need to settle down? I've got three quick ones for you. First of all, the hatred on Harden and Westbrook. Okay, they didn't have the greatest series and, you know, they took it in terms to have good games, but did anybody expect them to beat the Lakers? Probably not. Harden's been in Houston now for eight seasons, has never missed the playoffs. 
every single other franchise in the league has missed the playoffs at least once in that eight-year eight span. So he's the only only player who's led his team to the playoffs every single year. Get off his back. Um, and as for Westbrook, you know, coming off the coronavirus, coming off the quad injury, this isn't, it, as Vincent says, this is his twin brother, isn't it? You know, it's not pre 100%. It's not, it's not, this is not Westbrook. <laughs> it's, he, he's been cloned and a less good version of him has in, been inserted into the rocket. So I think we need to step off his back a little bit as well. Uh, my second, everybody settled down. This one really, really wound me up. Yanis's Instagram activity. Everybody mm. settle down with that. For goodness sake, the guy has been away from his family for how long? And he just decided, do you know what? I'm sick of seeing everyone's pictures of, you know, all the exciting places there are. I'm just going to clear out all my followers. I don't need to know what my teammates are doing for a little while. I'm just going to follow my family. I'm going to see cute pics of my nieces and nephews. That's all I want to see at the moment. And it's been overblown to be this whole thing of, oh, and he met with the front office as well. And, oh, the, it looks like he's trying to... Cl- you know, limit his interaction with his Bucks teammates. Absolute baloney. Please be quiet. Everybody settle down. Yanis is not making a decision three or four days after he's left the buddle. And my final one, my final everybody settle down, is aimed entirely at the Los Angeles Lakers fans on Twitter. They have, I'm new to Twitter. I'm very new to Twitter. But the ability that they have to talk up average to below average NBA players as if they are starting caliber rotation. Incred- Taylor Horton Tucker. I saw a tweet about how Taylor Horton Tucker is built different. Built different. The guy's played in two playoff games and okay, had a, a, like calm down. Is he going to be doing that in the finals? Just just rein it in a little bit. He's, he's not making a difference in, as the playoffs go on. He's barely going to play. So please, Lakers fans, just calm down with your expectations from average players like Horton Tucker and Alex Caruso. That's me. I'm off, I'm off my soapbox. You're, I've never, you're okay, even heard, never even heard of Taylor Horton Tucker, to be fair. Neither did I. I thought it was a relation to PJ Tucker. I think, I think I think Jared needed that. He, he seemed a bit stressed. He, need, yeah. he needed that. He needed to let that. I'm, I'm glad I've got that off the chest. Uh, whilst whilst we're recording here, I can I can rest easy now. The podcast is over. It's I, I just feel a lot better. So thank thank you for for bearing with me through that. Oh, sorry, just to interrupt. Breaking news, people! Breaking news. Guess what? Who's left? Who says it's going to be leaving? Talk to me, Mike Natoni. Oh, he's, he's announced that he will be leaving the Rockets. He will be going as a free agent. He's clearly made a decision on where he's going next. That wow. he's clearly found the place he's going to be going to. Obviously, it's dodgy. You're not allowed to be doing that while you're still playing. It's still a coach of a franchise, but he's clearly been making decisions, and I think he's heavily linked. If he gets that pace of job, it's heavy. It's going to be very scrutinising. I think the. The, um, the board is going to be looking at him and thinking this is kind of dodgy what you're doing because you're not allowed to be doing the secret getting trouble but I think he's going to be going to the paces but he has announced he is leaving there we go what a coaching merry-go-round this season in the NBA we have got a lot of positions a lot of teams a lot of coaches moving positions so we will uh, have to see what happens on that one but yeah thank you everyone for tuning in thanks for uh sticking with us on the podcast we appreciate you all um, please continue to get involved with the debate on social media Instagram and Twitter at Met the Criteria like and subscribe and share tell all your friends that like basketball we'd love to get more people involved uh, thanks for listening I've been Jared and with me through the power of technology has been Vincent shout out to the boys oh there's a happy boy even though Drackets have gone home and Theo as well thank you
They better double me. <laughs> they better double me. They better double me. We'll see you next time, everyone. Thank you. Shout out to the boys.